Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Hi, this is uh, Jay Harwitz with another edition of Amazing Mental of My Podcast, and my special guest this week is the captain, David Wright. You know, one thing I'm going to ask you, did you name your son Brooks? Do you make it play third base? <laughs> oh, really? Is Brooks... Kefka, Brooks Robinson? Well, I grew up in Virginia. Yes, sir. Uh, so obviously, you know, the few major league games I got a chance to go to as a kid were, right. were in Baltimore. So um, although we grew up a, a Mets family, um, we'd always go watch the Orioles play once or twice a year. Um, you know, and I became fascinated with, with the history of baseball as I got more into it um, and got a chance um, to obviously meet Brooks Robinson, a guy that um, – you know, I was too young to remember playing, but, um, you know, reading about him, uh, you know, watching some old videos, getting a chance to meet him. I won't say that was the main reason, but it, it, was, a, it was a factor for sure. And number five, hence number five, mm-hmm. Brooks Robertson. Brooks Robertson, George Brett, um, you know, two of the reasons uh, for number five. But how were you excited when you got your first, no offense to living in Madison, but <laughs> your first son, huh? I hope they don't ever watch this. <laughs> uh, I'm equally excited about all my children, yes, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's um, you know having experienced obviously my two girls now. Um, you know, they have me wrapped around their finger. But you know, getting a chance to to now start um, you know throwing a ball around a little bit with you know my my son and. You know, seeing him trying to teach him how to catch and throw, and although he looks like he might be a lefty, which might be a little yeah. troublesome for me because, uh, you know, I, I'm strictly righty. And He's I'm, not going to throw like you did, right? I hope he throws better, <laughs> you know, because I had a hard time making it over to first base a lot, as I'm sure you remember. I remember. I remember. You know, me, uh, young, you know, hey, Jay, you know, that can't be an error, you know. <laughs> But anyways, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I hope he's got a stronger arm than me for sure. It's to you. You'll. You're not gonna. Will whatever happens, baseball, football, basketball. I mean, you're gonna whatever he wants to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, w- with the girls as well. Like uh, Olivia, my oldest, who's gonna be six this summer. Um, we had her in T-ball before COVID, and she wants nothing to do with baseball now. She loves watching baseball. Right. You know, we'll watch some games, but she doesn't want to play. She plays soccer, basketball gymnastics, dance, swimming, but, you know, when it comes to baseball, she just doesn't want to do it. And that's perfectly fine. You know, I want them to find something. I I do think it's important for them to play sports because I think you can learn a lot of life lessons through sports. So as long as they play sports, especially team sports, 
Um, I'm okay with that. Don't care what sport you, it is. You, 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 who did you coach? You coached Olivia or Madison? I coached Olivia um, before COVID, and then Madison actually wants to play t-ball. She's old enough this fall. So we're actually going to put together the first all-girls team in the local uh, baseball league. Did you tell me a story? You were coaching, another coach came over me and said, <laughs> you know, what, 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 do you have any background in the game? Uh-huh. That's hey. true. Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah, the coach came and um, asked if I had any background in baseball. And I said, you know, I dabbled. And, um, you know, the other coach said, well, they had some college baseball experience. So I said, oh. you never said who you were. No, like. no, no. I said, okay, that's great. You lead the way and I'll follow your lead. And it worked out good. And then you never let on. <laughs> no, 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 never, no, 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 no. So we're coming up to opening day next week. Uh, is it still hard for you? You know, you've just turned 39. You know, not one of the things you still would be playing. Do you ever, have you stopped saying what if or, or, you, or you don't say that anymore? That's a good question. I think there's always that what if for me. You know, what if, you know, I, I could have stayed healthy those last few years. What if, um, you know, my, my back had never acted up. I don't think that'll ever go away. Um, but when I look back on it, it's never a bitter or a never a you know, a, a negative feeling towards, you know, my playing career or, you know, playing baseball. It's always, it brings a smile on my face because, you know, I'm one of very few people that were lucky enough to do this for a living and do it, you know, fairly long. And, and you know, to have the longevity that I had before I started getting hurt, um, I'll forever be thankful for. So I don't have a, a resentment or a bitterness towards anything. But yeah, I think sometimes I get caught up saying, you know, what if I could have stayed healthy? What if my back you know, would have cooperated towards the end. I think that's only... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I remember the last, towards the end when you were playing, three hours to mm-hmm. prepare for a game when you played. What was the driving force for you to do that? I mean, that's a lot of effort to do that for a long time. Well, I love the game. I still love the game. And that's why, you know, I come here and you know, put the uniform on for a few days because it, it kind of yeah. quenches my thirst for, for baseball that's been missing. Um, but I, I, I truly love the game. I respect the game. And, you know, I wanted to exhaust every possibility of getting back on the field. And I think that, you know, when it was all said and done for me, I was satisfied in knowing that I did everything I could to make it back and it just wasn't in the cards or it wasn't physically possible for me uh, to make it back and, and do what, you know, I love doing. But I wanted to make sure that, you know, when the end came, it truly was the end, and it wasn't because of a lack of effort. Did or you know, did you know you're really talking about one game, right? All along in your mind it was going to be... Or, no, I don't think so. For me, it was like genuinely trying to make it back on the field, and, and I think slowly but surely, you know, because my mind was always telling me, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And, and it was my body telling me that you just can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. And it took a while for those two things to sync up to where my mind started realizing that my body was right and it just wasn't happening. So, um, and, but after that, you know, once, um, you know, ownership and, 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 you know, the Wilpon family was, 
fantastic towards me and, and to be able to give me that, that one last game. I wanted to treat it like it was a real game, so I prepared. Even though I knew I was only going to play one more game, I wanted to try to prepare as best as possible to play that one game, and that's the only way I kind of knew how to hey, do it. Hey, before I forget, we're having a day for Pete O'Brien at the stadium next week <laughs> to come up. Pete O'Brien was the guy who David slugged a line drive flat ball. Up, I'm up, not sure if it was a line drive or slugged, but, but I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and he caught the ball. The, he, the poor guy got booed. <laughs> did, did he ask for your autograph after the game? So it started out by um, – his teammates wanted to play a joke on him and asked if I would sign, you know, something towards to him, like, you know, why did you catch it type deal. Uh, but then he genuinely came up and asked if, he, if I could sign something for him. So uh, although I felt bad for him um, for doing his job, uh, I love that's what makes New York so special is that to this day, you know, they remember that. And, um, you know, the reaction that 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 he got from the, the fan base that night was incredible. How was it when you threw out when your daughter threw the first pitch at you? Oh, amazing. Night? I mean that's I have so many great memories from putting on the uniform, but you know, obviously, um, you know, having my family there for the last game and, you know, having you know, my two girls watch me put on a big league uniform for the first time, uh, you know, was amazing and, 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 and is up there at the top of the list as far as memories that I have from uh, from baseball, you know, them wearing their little uh, their little right jerseys. And, of course, they were bedazzled with all the little fake jewels on them that they wanted. But, um, you know, we practiced so long for her to throw out that first pitch. And, um, yeah, I thought she did a pretty good job. But it's it, definitely special. You know, you caused me to do something really dishonest in my career. It was before... Which the, time, Jay? Well, before <laughs> the June before we got called to middle for Sam Levinson, because uh-huh. of a good friend... We need a favor. David needs to go to the All-Star oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. He wants to see what a locker room is like. So I made up a fake pass, David Wright, Norfolk Times. And we oh, went no. in and spoke to Scott So Rowe. I'm an accomplice. Yeah, we're an accomplice. I'm an accomplice Your in first this. Thing we shouldn't been, publicly be talking about yeah, this. Well, it's too late. I can't do anything. <laughs> it's statute of limitations. Statute of limitations, good call. And you went in and, and Scott uh, Rowland uh-huh. spoke to him yeah. about. What was that talk about? I mean, you know, it was great. Um you know, I was representing my whole career by uh, Ace of Sports Management, the Levinson brothers, and Peter Petalino, Keith Miller, and, and they were very close with Scott Rowland. They represented Scott. And I grew up, uh, you know, not really grew up, but we were – he was a little older than me, but I wanted to be the player that Scott Rowland was. And he was an all-star that year in Houston. I played in the Futures game, and you were kind enough to sneak me onto the field, although I didn't know it was under false pretenses. <laughs> well, you know, um, no, you never wrote a column with me. <laughs> no, no column. Uh, so we went into the locker room, and Scott was so gracious. And having been lucky enough to play in a few all-star games myself, I know what kind of craziness the all-star game is with, you know, a million different things going yeah. on. But he, he, he grabbed a chair, put it in front of his locker, and we talked baseball for probably a good 30 or 45 minutes. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that really helped me mentally. I, I got called up a, you know, a month or two later to the big leagues. And, and, you know, that conversation, not that it, you know, totally prepared me to, you know, the expectations of going to play in the big leagues. But, you know, it, it put my mind at ease knowing that I had this genuine baseball conversation with a guy that I really looked up to. Um, and it helped me prepare for, for big league life. He's really a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, he's moving up in balance, mm-hmm. Scott. I mean, you mm-hmm. think he's got a chance to? I, I would hope so. I mean, uh, he was the type of player that I aspired to be, as I mentioned. Hit for power, hit for average, played gold glove defense. I don't think defense, you know, you talk about, you know, Keith Hernandez or, um, you know, guys that really excelled at their position defensively. Um, I think 
that should be probably weighted a little more. I know everybody's got an opinion about the Hall of Fame, but I think that um, you know what they did on both sides of the ball, um, offensively and defensively, should s certainly be uh, considered. But and if I had a vote, I'd vote for both. Another thing in your career, you started a foundation early on. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, you did raise uh, you know close to a million dollars for the King's. I forget it's the Lord King's Ch Children's Hospital, the King's in, in Norfolk. CHKD. Yeah, well, it's easier to say. <laughs> and you did some stuff with with hospitals in New York. Uh -huh. Yeah, you have a, a a room in the McDonald's house. Mm -hmm. Who is your guiding force behind getting? I mean, really, we were 23, 24 years old yeah. when you started that. Well, I mean, I would I would say you know a lot of it was my upbringing. You know, I, I thankfully grew up a you know in a blue collar family. My dad was a police officer. My mother you know drove our school bus when we were kids. Worked in the school system. Um, you know, so it never left me. You know that if I ever gotten into a position to, you know, help others or, you know, help raise money for these types of causes, that that I wanted to do it. So, and and I think you know not just because you're sitting here, but I think, you know, you and Shannon, right, Shannon was, and Ethan, I think really guided me towards not necessarily like, hey, David, you're going to do this, but, you know, you showed me a way of how to act, you know, with the media and off the field and how to carry yourself like a professional and. Um, you know, again, when you take all these forces into account, the way I was brought up, you know, having positive and surrounding myself with the people like, again, you, Shannon, Ethan, you know, I, I felt like I had a good base, you know, going into that, that I'd never, you know, get a big head and I'd hopefully make correct decisions throughout my career. You know, when you speak about the locker room, so Cliff Floyd um, and Franco, you know, they taught you some of the ways in major leagues, and then you instructed, not instructed, Jake, DeGrom, and Matt. Do you think that's a thing in the locker room was passed on from generation to generation, the right yeah. way to do things? Yeah, of course. I, and I was lucky, and I was actually talking to uh, some of the young players at minor league camp today about this, that, that I got called up to a group that was, I mean, veteran beyond veteran. You know, you're talking about um, future Hall of Famers, perennial all-stars, um, guys that had left their mark on this game that um, – really did some fantastic things on and off the field. So, you know, I got lucky to, you know, get to pick the brain of, you mentioned Cliff Floyd and Mike Piazza and Al Leiter and, you know, Super Joe McEwing and um, Johnny Franco. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, um, you know, of guys that I could, you know, get advice from or learn how to be a leader. And I think that I tried to take a little bit from everybody. I wasn't as loud as Johnny. Um, you know, but I liked a lot of the things Johnny did leadership-wise. So I tried to take a little bit of those things. And then I liked, um, you know, take a, a Cliffy, Cliff Floyd. Um, you know, I wasn't probably as outgoing or didn't have the personality that Cliff had, but I tried to take a little bit of his leadership skills and apply it to mine. You know, so I was taking a little bit from all of these guys and applying it to mine. And, and when I got into that position, whether it was, you know, a, you know, trying to help out a young Daniel Murphy or try to help out a young Mike Pelfrey or, you know, now, uh, uh, you know, a, a Brett Beatty or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, trying to give back some of the things that I was given at a young age. How, how, what, how talk about the day when Terry made your captains, you, Keith, Gary Carter, John Franco. That had to be a pretty important oh, It was meeting. the most special, uh, the biggest honor that I've ever received is to, to, to be considered you know, from ownership down to the front office, down to the coaching staff, down to the players, down to the clubhouse attendants, down to secure, to whatever, you know, you go to be 
considered a not only a leader but to be given the title of captain and everybody hopefully being on the same page of that and agreeing to that um you know was the biggest honor that that i've ever received and to share that honor with um you know obviously kid and uh johnny and 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 keith um made it extra special because they don't just hand those things out i remember in the last two years you when we walk in the locker room before the locker open you would always be in the quarter with the grom and mats and Mm -hmm. really almost on a daily basis to to have a talk with them you know yeah i mean and it was you know i tried to do it in a i try i tried to a lead by example um and then again i wasn't the loudest most boisterous guy in the clubhouse so if something had to be done um i tried to do it privately i made one mistake with that uh you know i remember with with the noah syndergaard thing but um i tried to do it privately i tried to not only treat these guys like they were uh, co-workers or teammates, but I tried to, you know, become friends with them to, you know, try to help them out the best way I could, you know, in a professional sense and, a, you know, and, and as a friend. So, um, you know, it was important to me to get to know each player individually and what made them tick and how I could, you know, push their buttons if I needed to or, or how I could help them become the best player that they possibly could. Um, one particular game stands out in my mind was you came it was fifteen the game in Philadelphia when you were out for a while, I forget mm-hmm. for a while and Terry came back and he put you batting fourth in the lineup that <laughs> yeah. day. And you said, Well you put me back fourth, yeah. bat me fourth and you had him run your first at bat. I mean that was one of you know, goosebump day or was a Yeah, it was cool. and to to do it in Philly obviously was was, was special because um, you know, I enjoyed going in there and beating those guys. But um you know, for me, uh, I, I had a long absence. Um, you know, I was hurt. I knew I was hurt. Um, I wasn't playing in my rehab games. Um, you know, I knew I wasn't playing to the ability that I had played before I got hurt. Um, I just couldn't do it physically. And I told Terry, you know, I, 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 we, Terry and I had a long conversation beforehand. I said, hey, don't feel obligated to, you know, to A, you know, play me. You know, I'll play whenever you feel like the matchups are the best or, um, you know, don't feel obligated to hit me a certain place in the lineup. You're not going to hurt my feelings. My, my ego has been checked at the door. Um, you know, you do what's best for the team. And he said, okay. He goes, no problem. I appreciate you telling me that. So, you know, I come to the stadium the next day. I check out the lineup card. I'm in the lineup. I'm like, oh, great. Where am I hitting? Go down. I'm like, fourth. Oh, wow. All right. So, uh, you know, in my rehab games, I was, I was pretty awful. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't hitting for anything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I know you never got a hit. The game is nice on the rehab game. Well, thanks, Jay. I, I, got, <laughs> I got some hits. They were all singles. Were all singles. Yeah. That's what I meant. And you were probably asleep <laughs> when I, I was getting the hits. So, yeah. um, but I got a few hits, but all singles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first, first, first at bat, Homer, and I think I got another hit in that game. But um, it, it certainly helped ease me back into the Did floor. you get to be the Florida State League player of the week? One week? <laughs> that was, I think that was another Jay Horwich, Paul Tagliari concoction. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I, that was another rehab stint where I actually played really well, and um, you know they 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 uh, 
made a fake award for my Florida State League Player of the Week. Yeah, well, it's well yeah. deserved. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, World Series, um, the home run. After all, you went to that and be get mm-hmm. to a World Series, hit a home run. Yeah, I mean that's uh, people always ask, you know, what's the most fun you've ever had on a baseball field? And without a doubt, it was uh, you know for me Game Three of the World. 2015 World Series. I mean, a it was the only game we won in that series. Uh, but you know, to to play in the first World Series game at at City, um, to be able to hit a home run, to uh, you know round the bases, and at, at that at that time, I you know I told you that physically I just wasn't there. Um, you know, rounding the bases, you know, getting a chance to look around in the stands. Um, you know, knowing that you know who knows when when this whole ride's going to come to an end. Uh, I, I tried to soak it in as much as I could, and um, certainly the the greatest moment for me that I've ever experienced on a baseball field. You know what? Well, for me, the uh, two six two thousand six WBC, mm-hmm. we hit the grand slam home mm-hmm. run again. So I think the day after, the day before, I put your uniform on. Yeah, and. I still get compliments that I had a better swing than you did. Yeah, I, 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 I got dressed up as Captain America. You know, at some time, your at some points, I would agree that you have a better swing than me. My question to you is, could you still fit in my uniform? No, I probably <laughs> couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that was it. I stood in front of your locker with Trayer and Paul Hatley. Yeah. I got dressed up as Captain America, yeah. and it was by your locker, and it was, that was fun. But yeah. listen... We go back a long way. We do. To your wedding. We do, yep. Know your kids, know your family, yes. your mom and dad are dear friends. And yes. You just did it. The, if I say you did it the right way, is that bad? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I will say this. I don't want to, again, I'm not saying this because you're here, but I had I had good teachers, including you, well, and uh, you, you steered me in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I get the random phone calls even when I'm not playing anymore of you, uh, you know, talking some baseball. And the one thing I've got to say, I'm not going to tear up, the, what, what we did with Shannon was great. Yeah. You befriended her when she was sick, and you know, she adored you. And went, you always showed her the care and the understanding, you know. And it was uh, remember when you speaking at her funeral yeah. or I was uh, or something. But it was the way the care and the understanding you showed yeah. her was something I'll always remember. I appreciate that, Jay. Like I said, I learned from the best. So well, you're you, a good man, and yeah. um, you know, I hope Brooks. I'll be old. I don't <laughs> think I would have been a PR guy. <laughs> When Brooks Wright is playing in major leagues, it will be out my world. Yeah, this is what your dad used to do. <laughs> well, uh, best of luck to Molly, okay. everybody. Okay, kid. Thanks, Thanks David. That was a lot of fun. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.